Welcome to Worth It or Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses, and decide, is the game good by today's standards, and is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and things that are just plain weird. I'm your stand, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what do we get into today? Today we played Super Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Super Empire Strikes Back is the story of the second best Star Wars movie being turned into the 13th best Star Wars video game. Did you make a list of, did you rank Star Wars video games? Um, no, I thought about my ranking of Star Wars movies and I decided that Empire Strikes Back is the second best one. And then I looked up on the internet, a ranking of all of the Star Wars video games. And the first one that I clicked on on Google had the Super Star Wars trilogy as number 13. Oh, that's not, what did they have above the Super Star Wars trilogy? I honestly didn't look because all I needed was this little <laughs> factoid for the intro, Dan. I don't care about what other people think on the internet. I just needed a number that was plausible for my intro. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's unpack this a little bit. So you think Empire Strikes Back is the second best Star Wars movie. What is the first one? Is it is it episode one or is it episode two? Oh, um, it is a prequel. It's just not either of those ones. It is Ooh. Rogue One. Rogue One no. is the best. <laughs> Okay, okay. I can see how you would think that. Yeah, Um, in my personal opinion, which is subjective, and I'm entitled to no matter (laughs) what you think. So for you, the series goes Rogue One, Episode 5, Episode 2, Episode 1, Episode 3, Episode 6, Episode 4, Episode 7, Episode 9, Episode 8. I honestly lost track. (laughs) I don't... The numbers are hard for me. I don't know. I, I know that you started making a joke about me liking episode two, which I know is often regarded by many as the worst. Although one of my students says that it's his favorite one. And I'm oh. not sure if he's just trying to be contrary or if he's serious. But, you know, everyone's allowed to like what they like. Even if yeah. you, I, I mean, that's pretty wrong, though. Uh, fun fact, it's actually the second worst Star Wars movie, but that's a different conversation for a different day. What? Uh, wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. No, we don't need to get into that. Anyway, what else you got? You, Dan, do you have some fun facts about Super Star Wars, The Empire Strikes uh, Back on the Super Nintendo Entertainment <laughs> System? Not many, Jordan. Not many. Um, this, uh, I'm sorry. This game made by Sculptured Software and LucasArts. Yes. Now, Sculptured Software would later become Acclaim Studios Salt Lake City. Oh. Which uh, made such gems as uh, the Super Nintendo version of Doom, Mortal Kombat 1 and 2 on the Super Nintendo, and of course, the DOS, Super Nintendo, and Genesis versions of Mortal Kombat 3. And then the Super Star Wars trilogy, so... That's kind of interesting. They had a whole bunch of ports, and then they made these games. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Uh, and then this game was published by JVC, and then republished by THQ uh, when the movies were re-released in the late '90s when the special editions came out in theaters. So I was hoping that was going to be in your fun facts because I saw that on the wiki page, and I thought that was really interesting because in mm-hmm. the last, in our last Super Star Wars episode last year in January of 2020, we talked about Super Star Wars, the first one. Um, and if you, if you're like, man, I love star Wars and I want to hear more, you can go back to last January. We covered, uh, super star Wars. Did we cover Knights of the old Republic then too? Or was that a different time? I think that was last summer. Okay. So this is our third star Wars game. This one is definitely a straight up sequel to super star Wars. Um, you don't have to listen to that podcast to, to get what we're going to be talking about today, but it, you might be interested in it. But when we 
when we had that episode, we talked about, or you talked about, because I had no idea about how uh, you noticed that the first and third ones were published by JVC and the second one was by THQ. And then I saw this on the wiki page and I was like, Dan, Dan, uh, you have a re-release copy and that's why it's by THQ. But mm-hmm. the most interesting thing about all that is why are all these V, uh, what is it called? The VCR companies making video games. I don't, I, when I think of THQ and uh, JVC, I think of like VHS tapes. Well, not THQ. I mean, THQ to me is a game company, but JVC, I had a JVC stereo in the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, They're like an electronics manufacturer, and I don't know why they were publishing Super Nintendo games. I feel like it was almost um, a relic of like the Atari era, like before the video game crash of 1983, where like, I don't know, Quaker Oats was making video games and like. (laughs) You got to be diversified. Yeah, it almost just reminds me of like one of those weird things where uh, these companies are like, video games are a popular thing, right? People like Star Wars. We'll 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 pay for these. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't really go wrong with Super Nintendo and Star Wars in the early '90s, mid '90s, whenever this was. Or maybe you could. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> all right, fair enough. We'll we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this game, uh, North America came out June 1st, 1993, uh, Japan, it came out in December of 93. And then, uh, in Europe, it came out in February of 1994. Hey, um, and North America got the game first. That's surprising. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for reference, Super Star Wars came out in November of 92. So about seven months before we got it in the United States. And then Super Return of the Jedi came out in June of 94. So it was about a year later. So okay, wow, not a big gap there. Um, no. Japan got Super Star Wars about a year earlier. Uh, Europe also got their copy of Super Star Wars about a year earlier. Uh, 10 months earlier so uh not too gotcha. not too much space between uh the original trilogy star wars super star wars games um and i think it really shows in sort of the gameplay of all these games being very very similar they all kind of have these like mode 7 vehicle mode vehicle game vehicle levels uh they all have these like platforming segments um I played a little bit of Super Return of the Jedi to grab some footage for May the 4th, and um, I was like, oh yeah, this feels completely like Super Empire, Super Star Wars, so um, it, it does not surprise me that they all came out relatively closely together, and they probably shared a development cycle. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, last real fun fact is uh, we got a re-release of this on the Wii Virtual Console in 2009. Um and then we haven't seen Super Empire Strikes Back in any form that I'm aware of since that Virtual Console re-release. So I don't know what's up with that. I know Super Star Wars came out on like PS4 and Vita and some other places, but we haven't seen uh, a Super Empire or Super Return of the Jedi make a comeback. Stuff, yeah, stuff always gets messy with these re-releases of licensed games because you don't just have like the developers and the publishers and all that to work with, but you also have to work with the original rights holders and all that kind of stuff. So I, I feel like that's, you know, it, it seems like we rarely get re-releases of licensed games. And when we do, it's like a big deal. Yeah, well, it's like, Di- I'm sure Disney owns all of these now. Um, Maybe. Well, I know Disney had something to do with the first one. Well, maybe THQ, maybe that's exactly what it was is because I don't think THQ re-released Super Star Wars. It was just 
Empire and Jedi. Yes, and so that is I true. wonder if uh, the the when THQ sort of went through whatever their bankruptcy in the last decade or or about a decade ago. Um, I wonder if those games went to somebody else and there is some kind of mess with that. That would make sense. Probably. It's probably Sony. Sony ruins everything. <laughs> like Spider-Man. Exactly like Spider-Man. Uh, I do have some, these aren't really like fun facts, but like some some info about the game. Okay, that's like I love a little info. different. Yeah, yeah. This one, uh, you, ha- you have a double jump in this game, which you didn't apparently have in Super Star Wars. Oh man, double jump is a big deal, especially in a platformer. It definitely helps. Is double jump never, or is double jump ever not a fun upgrade in a platformer? Like, I don't know if that's like even a thing, you know? I don't know. I love double jump. I like that in this game, the double jump, you you do like the crazy super fast Jedi flip. And I'm not like the biggest Star Wars guy. I don't know if you can tell us this, Dan. Does the crazy Jedi super fast flip thing happen in the original trilogy or is that something that didn't come until crazy flipping Yoda in the prequels? So I think you kind of see it um, in like when Luke's doing his training on Dagobah. I think he's kind of doing some like weird flips and stuff. Okay. Um, I specifically, it's been a while since I've watched Empire, but in the robot chicken skit about Luke training on Dagobah it's this joke where he's like doing all these aerial moves and Yoda starts puking because he's getting <laughs> dizzy. he's riding yeah oh, and, nice and then I also feel like when Luke is uh about to get thrown in the Sarlacc pit in Return of the Jedi that he does some aerial flipping kind of stuff uh, when okay. R2 like throws him his lightsaber or something. And I think there's something there with him kind of springboarding. Uh, although again, it's been a while since I've watched return of the Jedi. So I thought uh, maybe I this think- was like similar to how in super star Wars, we said that that game maybe was the inspiration for the battle droids in the prequels. Maybe that this game was the inspiration for crazy flipping Yoda, but maybe not. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that was already part of Jedi lore at the time. Yeah. Uh, one other thing that this game changed was uh, they removed the character select in this one, which kind of makes sense based on each level being kind of tailored to one particular storyline. Um, like you start off the game and you're Luke out in the the <laughs> out on the mountains and caves of Hoth, uh, yeah, fighting everyone's... giant wampas. Um, and then you know your your Han Solo on on Bespin and like all this stuff. So it made sense to me that they removed the character select, but it's kind of a bummer. I wish there would have been like a a, a cheat or something or like a new game plus that let you play each section of the game however you wanted with whoever you wanted. Because I know it's yeah. in Return of the Jedi as well, uh, Super Return of the Jedi. So yeah, that definitely would have been cool. It's not like any of these levels are specifically like you could only beat it if you have a lightsaber. Or you could only beat it if you were chewy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, well in the the Dagobah level, like you kind of have to have like Luke be able to float to get all the force powers. No, but you're Luke, and you're the only one with the force powers. You got them all without floating. Uh, what do you mean, got them all? There's like. 10 force powers in this game yeah 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 and they're all like high up in the level and on Dagobah. anyways we'll no get, we'll i think you there. can get them anywhere because i fell all the way to the bottom of the level and i collected them all just by jumping around on the bottom of the level oh 
Interesting. I was like down on this like weird moving platform that was making me look, making me feel sick to my stomach. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, levels or uh, character select would have been cool. I think we, yeah. I think we should probably move into what this game does well though. Yeah, I, I agree, Jordan. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with the, right. the, the, the stuff. So let's, let's get into what this game does well. I think for me, the first thing that stands out of what this game does well is that there's a lot of variety. You have platforming letter levels. You have these like uh, side scrolling shoot 'em up. Actually, that's not even levels. That's just like one short little section. But it was interesting that they threw it in there. You have a level where you're flying a snow speeder. You have a level where you're flying an X-wing. You have the three different characters to choose from. And if nothing else, there's at least a lot of variety in this game. Mm, that's an interesting point. I um, I have, uh, I have, I guess, some specific points about a lot of that stuff later. But I guess, yeah, on the whole, um, there is a lot to this game. Like, at some point, you're you're in a snow speeder, and then another point, you're like blasting asteroids uh, in the Millennium Falcon. And then at another point, you're like Luke sliding down a mountain on a boulder. Um, and then you just have like normal platforming levels. Dude, the and sliding then, down a mountain on a boulder. that What a trip. I totally forgot about that. There's just that. that. <laughs> and somehow Luke can make the boulder jump when he jumps. Maybe he's using the force. But I think that was before he had the force. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the- <laughs> I'll have to rein it in here because um, a lot. <laughs> I just have some thoughts, but yeah, yes, I agree. There, there's a the variety of gameplay was something interesting that this game does. Uh, another thing. I I, oh, okay, you go then. All right. Uh, another thing, Jordan, that I have that the game did well was the presentation. Um, yeah. I, yeah, so I specifically have like the opening cutscenes. Now, not all of the cutscenes are great, Jordan. I know you love cutscenes. I do. Like, I'm a big fan of the cutscenes. Yeah, so this game opens up like a Star Wars movie, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Boom, Star Wars, boom, episode five, crawl. And then you get this great cutscene of a Star Destroyer like coming into space and shooting off the, the probe droids. And like, um, it got me pumped to hop into this game. Uh, the cutscenes later on are just kind of mostly still screens with text. But uh, the cutscenes, and I also have the the like the voice clips slash sound effects. Like you get like Darth Vader's voice and like clips of Chewbacca and stuff, and like Yoda's voice, and and there's some interesting presentation stuff here that I liked. Yeah, I totally agree. I I like even before you get to that opening cutscene, you have the title screen where it says you know. Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and then like lasers fly in and it shoots five times and the lasers hit and they spell out super. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then you hit the start <laughs> button to actually start playing the game and you get the R2-D2 noises and it's like instantly you're just immersed. There's lasers, there's sound effects that you recognize from the movie. Boom, here's the opening cutscene with the, the title crawl. It's a 16-bit version straight out of the movie and it's like, yes, okay, 
I'm playing Star Wars. And you're right. The presentation was great. Yeah. There's some other really cool things about the presentation that I liked. I think that this game looks and sounds good. I like that they went with the big sprites. A lot of times you have like little sprites in these retro video games. And for this one, they use these bigger sprites that uh, let you actually kind of like see the characters that you know from the movies. Now that gets a little bit dicey sometimes later when it's hard to fit a lot of stuff on screen but i like that they did it because everything is really recognizable it's not just like a weird little avatar moving across the screen who you could kind of think is luke skywalker but no it's like actually looks like luke skywalker his hair like flows like some of some of the sprites are a little bit goofy like when um chewy's like crouching and shooting and the gun is like between his legs and (laughs) like it looks a little bit silly but i I like it i mean the backgrounds they put a lot of detail into the backgrounds to make you really feel like i'm on this swamp planet or i'm in cloud city or i'm on the death star and uh the music we talked about it in the first uh super star wars game but you can't really go wrong like you'd have to really mess up to mess up the star wars soundtrack and they just went with it they digitized the you know the score from the movie and it was great yeah i mean this game definitely for the most part looks like i mean some of the i like the sprites generally speaking i saw boba fett and i was like he kind of looks a little goofy really what do you think he looked goofy he looked like somewhere between movie Boba Fett and holiday special Boba Fett. Oh, um, see, but I love holiday special Boba Fett. I think that that style's <laughs> cool. So maybe that's why. I think if you're going to, yeah, I mean, as far as cartoon Boba Fett goes, I'm a fan. <laughs> like, you think he looks a cartoon. little bit, like, a little bit scrawny? I don't know. He just looked a little, like, oddly shaped. But he was moving around so much that I couldn't really, like, get a good look at him. But, yeah, just jetpacking everywhere, shooting you with freeze beams. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the Chewbacca spray. I was actually streaming this game a little bit last night, um, <laughs> and I was specifically pointing out Chewbacca, like the crouching thing, how his knees look really goofy. And when so you look weird. at the sprite when he crouches, they just like chopped off the top half of the sprite and then made these like static knees that don't move, even though his like torso moves when he's shooting and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, all of the crouching sprites are a little bit weird. Like Luke using the lightsaber when he's crouching it. I mean, it looks yeah. like you'd have to have extremely good core strength to pull that off, but you know, he, maybe he does. <laughs> and, uh, somebody else shout out to Mateus, uh, <laughs> said that, um, Luke, looks like he-man yeah a little bit with the, he's got that like kind of blonde bull cut looking thing yep <laughs> i mean it's not too far off but i think by empire strikes back he didn't really have that as much but definitely the first movie he kind of had that he-man bull cut going on yeah i don't know well i don't know doesn't it doesn't matter uh Anyways. This is now a fashion and haircut podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We've been secretly trying to take it that direction for a while. We just haven't found the right opportunity to, <laughs> to sort of change courses. Uh, Jordan, next thing on my list, uh, the mechanics. Okay. Uh, there are a few mechanics in this game that I do enjoy. We've, we've kind of mentioned them a little bit already. Uh, the force powers are a great mechanic in this game. So as Luke, you are able to collect force powers. Not ideal, but 
you, you can like freeze, you can do like Jedi mind trick, you can heal, you can go invisible slash invincible. Uh, you can fly basically. Um, yeah. you can slow enemies down. There's like a ton of different force powers in this. And I really yeah. liked the fact that all of these different abilities were in the game. Um, again, it's kind of weird that you have to collect them, but I liked those and the, the, so Luke has the force powers and then Han Solo and Chewie kind of have different secondary powers, which I also like. Chewie has this like spinning fire attack, which is like super broken and powerful. Yeah. Um, he basically does a spinning T pose and just lights everybody on fire. Yeah. And like I destroyed like Boba Fett with it. It was like. This is doing way too much damage way too fast. I'm really happy that this boss is not going to kill me because of how much damage <laughs> this thing does. You ever gotten backhanded by a spinning Wookiee, Dan? Of course it's going to do a lot of damage. <laughs> right. And then Han Solo gets grenades. Yes, um, he gets grenades that can upgrade with your blaster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even just a blaster thing. It's just like literally just straight grenades. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But as you upgrade your blaster, your grenades also upgrade. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't so even they start know off that. like if you have a flame blaster, which is Han's like starting blaster, you have flame grenades, and then when you upgrade to the seeking blaster, your grenades also seek. Oh, that's and cool. And I never tried the, I never got the like fast ion rifle thing with Han, so I don't know if he gets a third set of grenades or not. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, and then the last mechanic that I have that I liked, we, we mentioned the, the jumping lightsaber flip. Um, yeah. As Luke, I spent most of the game just jumping through the whole thing. Yes. Because you attack as you jump. And so uh, it's a nice it's a nice way to, to traverse levels without having to like stop and swing at enemies and take a bunch of damage. Because there's a lot going on in this game. So being able to, to just double jump and damage everything is, is really, really helpful. Yes. If you're not in a platforming section, you should definitely be double jumping and just spinning through the level because you feel like a Jedi <laughs> that's just like wrecking everybody and flying. Like I, a Jedi does not stop to mess around with all these stormtroopers <laughs> he's just gonna take the shortest fastest way to get to whatever his objective is and that's how you feel and then you get to a platforming section and you gotta slow down but yeah man on those straight shots i'm just flipping all day yeah it's a it's a screw attack is what it is but it's not as cool as the screw attack um, uh you're talking about from metroid yeah yeah, when Metroid gets the screw attack, I love that. It's one of my favorite things in all of video games. Yes, it's like that, except for Luke doesn't turn into like a six inch by six inch ball while he's spinning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else do you have? All right, I got one more thing here, Dan. And I this one has a question mark after it, but I think that I could take the question mark off because I honestly, truly think now that this game gets better the longer you play it. And I think that's something that might be true for the series too. When we played the first game, everybody said, okay, you guys didn't have a great time with Super Star Wars, but you have to play the sequels because they get better. And I'm like, okay, we'll play the sequels. So we played this one and I know at the beginning, both of us were having a rough time. I know even as late as yesterday, you were having a bad time with it. But today, as I finished off the game, I realized the game does get better the longer you play. And I don't know if that's just because I got the hang of it or because the later levels are just genuinely better designed and better to play. I don't know what it is, but for me, the game got better the longer I played it. Uh, I really like that you brought this up um, because I was 
specifically trying to play this game a lot and not do it in like one or two sessions yeah. to give it a fair shake. Because the first time we, that we played it, we had such a bad time with it. We did. Um, we played it for like two hours and we got like four levels into it or like an hour and a half. And it was just like, this is, now, this is four not- levels sounds like we got very far, but we were still in levels that all looked the exact same. It was Hoth. It was snow. And even though we were four levels in, you could theoretically have just called it one level. Yeah. I mean, basically. And so I was really trying to not necessarily let that cloud my judgment on the, the game as a whole. Um, and I think part of the reason why the game gets a little bit better, and we'll we'll kind of maybe dig into this a little bit in the next segment, but the the when you're not dealing with like weirdly shaped snowy covered platforms, yeah, uh, the game controls a little bit better. And so I don't know if it's like the the controls get a little bit easier or what happens, but I don't know if if the game actually gets better or if it's just as you get more experienced and used to the sort of weirdness of these controls that the game gets a little bit more manageable. Um, but I definitely think that later on th- in my playthrough, I felt a little less like I did early on. That's what, <laughs> that's yeah. what I'll say is the, if- the, the annoyance uh, subsided a bit with the, the, the gameplay. Yes. If you're out there and you pick this game up and you want to try it out and you play the first couple levels and you're like, man, I'm not having a good time. It might be worth looking at the passwords online and finding a password to skip past the snow levels until you get a hang of it because it is hard to do the platforming on those slippery sloped platforms that they just throw you into the game. And I understand they have to do it from a story perspective because that's where the movie starts. But man, they didn't do you any favors. So I would say if you're interested in this game and you're really struggling to get into it, it might be worth skipping the first few levels, get the hang of it, and then maybe go back. And Jordan, actually my last two points kind of play on exactly what you just said. Uh, I have the password system and I have difficulty options uh, as what the game does well. We struggled uh, when we first played this game and then we were able to turn it down to easy and I think enemies died a little bit easier. Maybe they were doing less damage. The game as a whole just felt a lot more tolerable. Yeah. As we were trying to tackle those those weird early levels. And then, of course, the password system. Um, when you die in this game, you get three continues. And it's like, at first I was like, why is there a password system and a checkpoint system in this game? Or and a continue yeah. system? It's like, what? this does make sense. And then, um, shout out to our friend Emo Fergie. He's like, well, when you continue, you get to use the checkpoints. But when you use a password, you have to start at the beginning of an area. And I was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, the password system based on what difficulty you're playing, it will spit out different passwords for how far you get into the game. And, uh, yeah, if you don't want to play the first four Hoth levels, then you can just skip them. It's nice. Especially in, you know, nowadays where you can just easily look stuff up on the internet. Um, if you're having a, a time, getting used to this game, like maybe play the play Dagobah, play Bespin, uh, maybe skip Hoth for a while until you want to go back to it. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, Dan, do you got anything else you want to say about what the game does? Well, Nope. 
I, uh, I'm fresh out. All right, let's move on to what the game doesn't do so well. What is first on your list for what this game does not do well? All right. So last time when we talked about Super Star Wars, we kind of said that this idea of a running gun Contra-esque Star Wars game is a really good idea. And I think that that still is true. Like the idea of like Contra, but Star Wars is a great idea. Now you lose a little bit of that in this one because you like, I feel like the lightsaber is more emphasized in this even though you yeah. can't uh you can't always play luke you have to be true you have to be han but it still kind of feels like a contra game but the the idea with contra is like you start with like kind of a crappy weapon and then you get power-ups and the power-ups are like pretty easy to come by and you know you can choose different ones in this game you have some power-ups but they're almost all hidden which is very strange like you don't actually see any of the power-ups until you touch them but you don't know they're there you kind of have to just like jump around and hope you hit one or remember where it was and so this idea of like a run and gun game or a game where you like are getting power-ups to get stronger i like it but it is kind of diminished by the fact that the power-ups are kind of rare and they're almost all hidden and even like luke's force power-ups you only get a couple levels to actually use them and like you're kind of near the end of the game and it just feels like all of these like power-ups in this like idea the concept of the game is kind of lost a little bit or muddied a little bit yeah i have some of the some of those fall under uh one of my major sub points for what the game doesn't do well which has like a lot of like little things but um it's interesting the hidden power-ups the idea of a run and gun game um i'm trying to so I guess we can just we we can move into the the biggest probably problem that I have with this game. And we'll call it the game isn't much fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Just just throwing it out there. <laughs> um so you mentioned like the you only get to use the the force for a couple levels yeah that was that specifically falls under how the game isn't much fun yeah so you're luke on dagobah and you're like oh you get these cool force powers finally i can throw my lightsaber and just control it around the entire screen do a bunch of damage to this boss or these enemies like i can fly this is like the game is really starting to open up yeah and make me feel awesome cool i got these force powers finally beat this boss and now i'm Han on Cloud City. Cool. Okay. Okay. Now I'm Han. On Cl- okay. Now I'm Chewbacca on Cloud City. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Now, okay. We're ba- oh, back to Luke. Oh, we're flying to Cloud City. Yeah. Oh, so I you get, get my force powers for like a level and a half, basically. Two levels, really. Um, yeah. 
so for people who yeah. haven't played the game, uh, you you unlock Luke's Force powers on Dagobah, and then as soon as you get them, the next like three or four levels, you have to play as Han or Chewie, and then by the time you get back to playing as Luke, you're on like the last level of the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so one you of the basically... You get like the one level where you you can like start learning how to use the powers and then you get the very last level of the game, which is insanely hard. (laughs) And so you don't really ever get a great opportunity to like use them and flex these powers that you've acquired. Yeah. And one of the things that I have is that like maybe they should have extended Dagobah in favor of shortening some of the other stuff, like spit out the the force powers into a few of the levels, because I think Dagobah has like three sections of it. And it would have been cool if they would have like had more of like a Luke training section in favor of. So this game has 22 like levels sections total, um, according to like the fandom wiki thing um so one another thing that i have about this game just what it doesn't do well 12 of those levels are on hoth 12 out of 22 oh my goodness i didn't realize that (laughs) yeah so i was like thinking just like maybe cut a few of the annoying hoth sections like i don't know han solo escaping the base in favor of like more dagobah stuff to give me more of the fun force powers or Um, don't i mean maybe give you the one platforming level as luke and then the one level as han and then that's it instead of having like six levels of luke and then a couple levels of han you're totally (laughs) right they need to shorten that original first hoth section and dump some of that time and energy into dagobah or something else where luke can use the force before you get to that final level and you're just like fighting all of these super overpowered enemies yeah but with that being said jordan i am very excited for the day whenever we get around to super return of the jedi because when i played a little bit of that like first level that you can pick luke you got force powers i'm like yes let's go like let's this is the this is the one where the game might actually have a shot of being fun It seems like you almost have to think of these three games as one game, because if you just came into this without playing the first one, I feel like it just throws you in. They didn't bother giving you a nice, easy tutorial level because they're like, this isn't really its own game. It's a sequel to the one they've already played. So we're not going to bother explaining anything. We're not going to bother giving them a nice, easy level. It's like, here, let's throw you in like you just beat the first game. And maybe that's why it starts off so hard. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the them adding a double jump and removing character select definitely says there was some feedback maybe from the first game or some like trying to figure out what it did or didn't do so well. But it is it, that is an interesting point uh, about thinking of these three games as one. Although that sounds like a miserable afternoon of trying to play through the Super Star Wars trilogy in one. Oh, like <laughs> That's more than an afternoon. No, thank you. So how long to beat online said that this game was like four hours. That was not my experience. Even using passwords, even using save states to get myself through the game. There's no way I came even close to four hours. I was, I was closer to eight probably. Yeah, I think I was around the seven or eight mark. Uh, I don't know where that four hour mark came from, but it was just like, like when I hopped back in, like I get my force powers, I go over to Bespin and I'm now I'm Han. Cool. Fine. To get through like the first 
Han level, I think, took me 45 minutes on that level alone. It's just like, what we is got, happening in this game? We got stuck in different places because I watched on your Twitch stream you getting stuck on that level for a long time. And then I went through and I beat that first try. And I think it was because I got the right power up. I got the seeking thing and I just took it slow and I hid behind stuff and just let the seeking missiles do their job. But I got stuck other places that you didn't get stuck. So it's, you know, everyone's going to have different areas that that catch them up. But yeah, this game definitely is not four hours, no matter who you are, unless you have a lot of experience with it or you're like a speedrunner or a retro video game god or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you and I probably played it quite a bit differently. Like I was telling you like uh, about blocking with like, luke's lightsaber i was like i didn't realize you could block with luke's lightsaber until i was fighting vader and i fought vader at the end for like 45 minutes it was not a good time and then eventually i realized like oh if i hold down and attack luke will like block things and you're like how did you block how did you deflect bolts on the cannons i was like i didn't yeah <laughs> like yeah so uh, using yeah using we just block. kind of discovered different stuff yeah, using block is definitely good. Definitely, you need to read the manual to learn all the different stuff because it does not teach you any controls in the game. Uh, you would never, ever figure out the button combination to open up the force power menu unless you read the menu. So, um, yeah, definitely need to read the menu, or not the menu, the manual. I mean, I figured out the force power menu. I didn't read the manual. I should have. How did but you I get it? Like, I, who would ever think to hit the select button? Uh, I would when everything else doesn't work. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. I, I seriously, I was hitting every button trying to figure out how do I use my force powers. It says I got these force powers. I had to like go online and download a PDF of the manual. And then I was like, oh, okay. Speaking uh, of, oh, you go. I'm not done with the game. Isn't much fun, Jordan. Oh, give us more. We're just getting, we're, we're just getting started, Jordan. <laughs> That's one of, uh. One one of many points. Uh, I think pretty much all of my points fall into that. Oh, no, there's one that doesn't. Okay, I mean, well, then hit me with it. All right, I think a big thing of the reason why the game isn't much fun is that the level design is bad. There are sections that repeat, and so you're like, did I already play this, or did I backtrack somehow? And the game makes you feel like you're lost, but you're not really. The game is just repeating exact segments in the same level. The game's already long enough. They didn't need to do that. The level design also is just miserable. In In the first few levels of the game, the ones that should be easy in teaching you how to play the game, there are spiky roofs there's spiky walls there's spikes everywhere it's slippery it's just man i thought that like you really could have made this a significantly better game by making the level design uh just more kind to the player like there's already very small platforms that i need to land on maybe don't make the platform also sink when i land on it so it's hard to jump to the next one just all sorts of things like that that just like it felt like they were trying to be cruel. Yeah, I uh, I have the level design, and specifically that it like hides things from you and makes it hard yeah. to jump. Like you have to do these blind jumps sometimes. Um, now you can't. Now I think that I only found one truly blind jump in the game because you can use the L and R buttons to shift the camera, and you can almost always see the top of a platform like or like the a lot of the platforms will have like a railing that's in the background and so you can kind of see where the platforms are but there was at least one completely blind jump in the game 
Well, yeah, and that kind of piggybacks onto my second point, though, is there's a lot of cheap enemy spawns slash, like, gotchas in this game. So, like, you'll have these, like, enemies flying above you, like, dropping projectiles or something while you're trying to, like, figure out where the next platform is that you can't see and you're, like, hoping that it doesn't, like, knock you off the platform and kill you and, like... Yeah, how about the flying stormtroopers? The flying stormtroopers that can push you off of platforms. So it's not like some (laughs) games where the collision hits you and you take damage, but you don't move. Like, not only do... Uh, enemies push you back but sometimes when you're Han Solo your own blaster pushes you back when it when when your blaster connects with something you get pushed back and I I think there's like some weird physics going on but there's so many small platforms where either your own shots or a random flying enemy can knock you off or they'll just be an enemy on a tiny platform that you have to jump up to and they might be holding a shield so you have no way of shooting them you kind of have to like (laughs) perfectly maneuver and time your double jump so that you're spinning and you hit them right when they lift their shield or else you just bounce off and fall into the pit over and over and over again i'm just like (sighs) what goodness yeah so much infuriation with so much of the level design in this game and i was like talking about this literally on stream last night as i was like trying to finish this game up and i was making the point about one of the reasons that games like mario 3 and super mario world stand the test of time is because they're not unnecessarily cruel or difficult in the level design to the player they actually allow it's like there's some some kind of principle in level design where like you can kind of make people think that they're in danger and it like it feels good when the danger isn't necessarily there or you're not constantly being shoved off of a platform or like stuff yeah. like that and it's like I just wish that they would have understood like something like Super Mario World where why is this game as well loved as it is and because it's like it's not constantly punishing the player over and over and over and over again to a point where they can barely catch their breath it's like how you know in super mario world i think a lot of our listeners have probably played that game or have played a, a newer super mario world game uh in super mario world there are the hammer bros And those are like some of the most tricky enemies to maneuver because they're usually like on a platform that you need to get to and they're throwing stuff. That's like every enemy in this game is a hammer, bro. (laughs) Now, granted, you don't get killed by one hit, but still, it's basically like every enemy is a hammer, bro, but you can get hit 10 times. So, so annoying. But at least most enemies will like drop health. So yeah, you're fighting this barrage of hammer bros, but they're constantly dropping health. Yeah, so, so like, that okay. is a nice thing. I meant to say that that you can play this game slowly, especially if you are able to get the tracking uh, pistol shot thing, where you can kind of mm. find a safe space, take out bad guys, mine their hearts. Like you can play this game. It just doesn't. It feels more like uh, a stealth game at that point than it does like an action <laughs> game. Like <laughs> I. It's fine, but it's not really the kind of thing I signed up for. Like, you don't really want to have the the Metal Gear Solid version of Contra. <laughs> that's that's a funny that's a funny game idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jordan, next point that I have under the game isn't much fun. 
vehicle segments, specifically the Hoth and Bespin segments. Uh, the Millennium Falcon in the asteroid field, that was fine. You're just kind of blasting some asteroids. Yeah. But the, the Hoth, where you're... <sighs> These mode seven vehicle segments, like they're just these weird, like in theory, they're kind of cool. Yeah. But when they're like, all right, blow up 15 cloud cars and it's like, you're getting hit from nowhere and you don't really know what you're doing and there's no real way to lock on. So I'm holding the shoot button and I'm shooting missiles with the, the left and right shoulder buttons. And I'm like, just hoping that I don't take enough damage to kill me again and again and again and again and again. Yeah. And then it's like with the Hoth, I'm like spinning in circles. There's no like radar or something that's like helping me out that I could tell uh, where these guys are that I'm supposed to go find. I'm uh, maybe taking damage from like these hills that I'm going around. Maybe I'm yeah. supposed to pull back. <laughs> Can't really tell if the ground is hurting hills. me or not. <laughs> like what uh. is going on in these levels? And it's just like, all right. It'd be, it'd be cute if it was like a minute long, but yeah. like I don't want a full level of this. So um, I I agree. Really, really cool in theory. Um, just like especially at, in the 16-bit era at the time, super cool. Um, in practice, not so cool. You're right. There's always you're trying to kill way too many of them. Uh, a lot of times you can't judge the distance very well because things do not seem to move linearly. It's like almost yeah. like the distance is like logarithmic or something because like uh-huh. all of a sudden stuff will just pop up and boom, you're, you're hitting it and it takes off like half of your health when you run into uh, <laughs> an ATAT or a cloud car or something. Now, something I thought was really cool was on Cloud City, it seems like they use the exact same like level map, like terrain map as Hoth, but uh. the ground is clouds and you can go down through the clouds and like shoot up through them. And like that was kind of cool. The fact that you could go above or below the clouds, but still it was too long. It was too hard. And I think that one of the reasons why it was so hard to get the kills that you needed is a problem that also appears in other parts of the game is that the scale is kind of wonky. Like, your ship is too big, so you can't see anything else. I mentioned earlier that I like the big sprites, but there's a bunch of times in this game where the sprites are too big. And I'd say that goes for all of the flying sequences. The bosses take up almost 80 plus percent of the screen in in most cases, other than Boba Fett and Darth Vader. There are these gigantic bosses that take up almost all of the screen, and you, you just, like, there's this one side scrolling shoot 'em up section, which I don't even know why it's in there. It's so awkward. It's so weird where you're in the snow speeder <laughs> and it's a, a side scrolling shoot 'em up and your speeder takes up at least 50% of the screen and you can't help but hit everything. And so it's just like all of these things, the scale is wrong and it makes the, the gameplay feel bad. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned the bosses, Jordan. Another point yeah. that I have under the game isn't much fun. The bosses are pretty much universally terrible. Um, they're, they are they're, bad. I, they, so, man, I think they have potential, though, if they were smaller and you could have more strategy because they are cool. They're these big bosses, and usually as you shoot them, like they'll take damage where like different parts of them is falling off and like i think that in in theory they could be cool but they're they're so big and clunky that and they don't really have like moves that you can exploit or timing that you can exploit it's kind of just like hopefully you came in with the full health bar and you're going to be able to 
um, do enough damage before it kills you. But they just, yeah. yeah, they didn't work. I have a separate point, but it kind of relates to the game isn't fun, and it relates to this boss issue as well. And that's the controls. The controls aren't great. They feel slidey and floaty. You can't change weapons while moving. Changing your force powers feels like awkward. And so like when you get into these boss fights and you don't feel like you have enough precision control to deal with the bosses in a way that they are kind of wanting you to. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I feel like you have a lot of different stuff at your disposal but you're totally right that it's not like tuned in. Like I love the dodge rolls and the slides that each of the three characters has like a slide or a dodge roll, but they're all too long. They do like, I don't know, maybe 60% of the width of the screen. And so if you're trying to use it like strategically, you usually end up too far away from the enemy after you've dodge rolled or slid past them. And, and that goes for all of the controls where they're just not precise enough and you can't really utilize them the way the game wants you to. Yeah, they're they're not what you would call pixel perfect. They're just kind of this like <laughs> floaty like I kind of am controlling this character but I don't really feel like I'm doing exactly what I want to do and then I'm being hit by eight enemies every single screen. Um yep. and then the bosses are literally taking up I don't know, 60 to 80% of the screen and they're like behaving in a weird way and you like on Dagobah when I was fighting the boss it's like this what is it? Just the, this giant like squid beast thing? Yeah, I don't know. But like you're, it has like outer plating on it, and it has yep. like five spots of like outer plating, and so it's got a health bar at the bottom, and it shows that you're like doing damage to the these pieces of armor, but the health's not going down, and it's yeah. like what this thing is like sweeping across the bottom of the screen i'm kind of jumping i don't know if i'm doing damage i just got force powers i don't know if i'm supposed to be using the force powers everything's crazy it's spitting enemies at me like it just throws so much at you that the controls like they just don't serve everything that the game is trying to make you do and it's just like oh man this is i just feel like there there's potential like i love all of this stuff like <laughs> i think that you nailed it when you said that, that it gives you like a ton of options but they're just not dialed in enough like they just needed to be play tested more or like dialed in yeah. you can the thing is though like you can get the hang of it and i think that's part of why the game feels better the longer you play it like once you start to get the hang of like, okay, I can delay my double jumps. I can like do all this stuff. Like there are ways, but I don't know if that's just like compensating for the stuff the game doesn't do well, or I don't know. It just, it could have been a lot better right <laughs> off the bat. Yeah. And then like tra trying to change force powers is another thing where it's like, you have to press select and you have to press the left and right shoulder button. And you only yeah. have like, I don't know, maybe less than two seconds before it, chooses the force power that you're on or whatever and so like you can't like change force powers in the middle of a fight or weapons as you're trying to move um just man what's up with these controls yeah <sighs> all right dan you got anything else i'm not done yet jordan this game you is got not fun. more oh my goodness this game is all not right. fun you know how, jordan let's you go know. speed round let's go speed round you know what else how you got, I, dan? I, you know how i do my my notes jordan let's i do go. know uh Lots of slowdown 
in this game. Now, normally oh. you get on my you get on my case about calling out games for slowdown. I think it's fair in this this game because it slows down. It's not like Kirby's Adventure, but no. it's definitely not great. You're right. It's not like Kirby's Adventure because I didn't notice the slowdown in that game, but I did <laughs> notice it in this one. I don't know what it is. I think it's because like I just accept slowdown as part of retro games. It doesn't really bug me. I'm sure that that's part of why the game feels imprecise, and it is a little bit jarring because when this game speeds up, it like you feel like you're flying. Um, because almost the whole game is slow when you finally do get to run or shoot at full speed. It feels like you're actually, I kept like being like, is this a force power? Am I like going turbo speed or something? Like what's going on? But no, it was just, (laughs) there was no giant enemy on the screen at that moment. So yeah, yeah, the slowdown (laughs) is bad, but for some reason, like, I don't know that I know that that is a problem. And if it was in a modern game, I would like be like, what is this? But I think my brain just expects it in retro games. Yeah, I mean, to some extent, and it's like, I get that almost every retro game that you play is going to have a bit of slowdown. But when it's like this frequent, and because part of it is this game has such cheap like level design and wants to throw so much at you all at once, it's inevitable that the game is going to slow down. It's just trying to do more than it's it's capable of. and in a, I don't know. It didn't necessarily screw me over very often but there i think there was a time or two where i missed a jump or almost missed a jump because the game started going to try to do too much and it was like uh i'm trying to like not die again for the 68th time today yep please just let me play this game uh a couple uh, well i think i got one other one other one other point for what the game isn't isn't so fun uh, on. I think I got one more other point beyond that, Jordan. So, okay, we're almost done here. Hang in there with me. I'm here. I'm ready. Uh, this game, this game, overstayed its welcome. By it a did. Lot. Yeah, it, I definitely agree. It should have been shorter. <laughs> That's all you got. Should have been. Should have been shorter. The um, thing is, like, like they, they didn't need to make the game longer by adding all of these like random extra levels, like each of the sections could have been, you know, like there'll be four or five sections for cloud city or whatever. They, they each could have been two sections and that would have been plenty. Yeah. And it's like, I said, like, I don't know what happened in development with this game, but it's like, why are there 12 Hoth sections like this? Why is Hoth taking forever in this game? I just want to do something else. Yep. And then it felt like Bespin took forever. And I'm like, well, I get, okay. If you're going to make a game, version of a movie that doesn't necessarily have action the entire time like all right fine but it's like it's just Hoth and Dagobah and Bespin and it's like I mean maybe you guys could have tried a little harder like give me like more Millennium Falcon give me like a shoot 'em up with the Millennium Falcon trying to escape into the asteroid field or yeah, don't get eaten by the giant space you, slug you said Dan that the shoot 'em up parts were too long so I don't know I think that not the, I don't not know. the uh not the mode 7 stuff like oh, side like scrolling like, like Gradius like yeah give me like or like a top down like a vertical shmup like yeah. as the Millennium Falcon or like trying to shoot Minox as I escape from the giant space slug like yes you know what yeah. I'm saying like you could have had some other stuff in here yeah there's definitely a lot that they could have done that would have helped yeah uh, Jordan last point that I think I have 
and this is a nitpick. This is a Star Wars nerd thing. Oh, I like continuity. that. Let's hear it. Yeah. Continuity is absurd in this game. Continuity? Like, there was nudity con- in this game? <laughs> the continuity, the lore. Oh, yes. It's all, I... all wrong. Why are there sand troopers on Hoth? Why? Yeah, I I heard you on your stream. You were like, why is there a snow trooper on Bespin or whatever? And it's like, oh, boy. Yeah, damn you it, got full sand nerd. and you got... You got snow troopers on Bespin. I don't I think I sand. saw. A s- <laughs> I don't think I saw a single like regular stormtrooper in this game that I can recall. Uh, you got a bunch of like made up enemies on Bespin, I think. And then uh, the funny thing, this isn't real, but it kind of is, but it isn't. There were Sith troopers on Bespin, like red snow troopers. I was like. Yeah. Is this a precursor to to episode nine? Like, what is going on here? I like, think these, the red these... was like to show you that these are extra tough guys, but they still died <laughs> in like two lightsaber hits. So I don't know how extra tough they were. Yeah, but it's like, <laughs> I don't know, just the silly like Star Wars nerd in me was like, why can't you just have the snowtroopers on Hoth, regular stormtroopers on Cloud City, and then whatever monsters or whatever on Dagobah. I mean, sure. You make a bunch of stuff up like the clip that I, I pulled of super star Wars. You're fighting like the mutant womp rat. And so, yeah, <laughs> like this series is kind of ridiculous to begin with. Um, but there's just a, the star canon. Wars nerd in me crying out about storm snow troopers being somewhere that they're, they're not supposed to be. That's fair. Womp, womp. I, I personally didn't care at all, but I also have cared about similar things in the past, so I'll give it to you. (laughs) Agree to agree. Agree to agree. (laughs) I like that. Uh, Jordan, I think that exhausts my list of what the game doesn't do so well. (laughs) Well, it was quite an exhaustive list, so I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jordan, let's move on to the rest of our show. that you had with Super Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back oh man this one is so hard I've been thinking a lot about this because at first I was willing to just be like no this game is bad this game isn't worth playing but the longer I played it and the closer I got to the end of the game I realized that there is value here that this is a game that you have to have two things that apply you have to be a big fan of Star Wars like not just kind of a fan of Star Wars you have to be a big fan of Star Wars and two you have to be a big retro video game fan and if both of those things apply to you I can see why there's this game is alluring now for me like I play a whole bunch of 
crappy Marvel retro games because I'm a huge Marvel fan and I like retro games. But as I'm playing them, a lot of times I'm realizing like this isn't actually a good game. I'm just enjoying this because it's two things that I love. <laughs> I had a similar feeling while playing this game. I'm not like a, a massive Star Wars fan, but I am a, a, a decently big Star Wars fan. I don't know. Like I, I like Star Wars. I don't get like all angry about it like some people do. So people tell me I'm not a real Star Wars fan. But I, I like Star Wars and the more I played this game, especially like getting to the end and you're fighting Boba Fett and you're fighting Darth Vader and I'm like, man, this is cool. So it's hard because the game starts off so miserably, but I eventually got to a place where I was having fun with it and I'm talking a lot and I don't know what I would say. I want like a modern fixed version of this game with like more options and built in save states and all that kind of stuff that the game doesn't have so if we're just talking about exactly this the what exists the retro version of it i like i I feel like if those two things apply you're a star wars fan you're a retro fan it's more buying it because it looks really cool and i would maybe pick it up for like six dollars oh man now dan i would pick up a full a full complete copy of this with the box and everything i would be willing to spend uh twelve dollars on that so um, just because i'm honestly only getting it because i think it looks cool to have out as like a decoration but not (laughs) really because i want to play it a whole bunch although i did end up enjoying playing it more than i thought i would yeah yeah uh that's funny jordan you want to know what i'd pay for this game i would love to know uh, $4 is what my gut is telling me. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> yours, yours is just without all the caveats. Like I'm saying without the caveats, like if I'm just a regular person, if I'm just, if this isn't a star Wars game and this is a, uh, I don't know, star Trek game. Say this is a star Trek game. I would be saying my go to $2. Um, but because it's star Wars and because it is the second best star Wars movie, it pops me up to a $6 mark. It's interesting. Is Have I ever said less than you on a game before? I think <laughs> you have because as you're saying it, I'm having a little bit of deja vu, but it was probably <laughs> on something like Spider-Man or Captain America or Blitz <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really didn't have a lot of fun with this despite my best effort. Like I really did try to like get used to this game and sort of deal with the controls and sort of try to like not hate it based on the beginning of it and tried to like take ownership over my own miserable experience with it. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, there was just so much frustration that I experienced with this game and so much, um, so many parts that just, didn't feel fun to me um and it's funny that you're like if you like retro games and you like star wars six dollars i'm like i like both of those things a whole lot four dollars yeah yeah (laughs) well you know what if you aren't having fun with a game don't play it that's honestly and that's like a lot of the reasons a lot of times we'll be playing a game and i'll just be done with it and you're like i want to i want to play more and we've talked about this before and i think it's because like my, my my mentality is if I'm not having fun with the game, I don't want to play it. And that's how it was for the beginning of this game. But I eventually got to a place where I was having some fun with it. 
It's interesting that you say that because as as you're saying, like if you don't have fun with the game, don't play it. And my brain yeah. instantly went to like, I love roguelikes. Yeah. And so many times when you get into a roguelike, it is so like mercilessly brutal uh, against the player. And I'm far more patient with that sense of like needing to get good at a game and going through the part where it's not fun to die constantly, but there's a part of me that likes getting better. Um, yeah, but a good so roguelike a-, a good roguelike is constantly like teasing you towards the next thing like if you just get a little bit further you'll unlock this thing that will make it easier and so like it's always kind of like leading you down that path and i'm also a fan of roguelikes and i'm it's like that constant sense of like what's around the next corner what if i just get a little bit better a little bit further like a whole new realm of possibilities could open up and i think that's the difference between a game like a roguelike where there is that endless possibility in a game like a super hard retro game where you know what you get is what you get and it's exactly what's on the box so i think that's the difference i mean to some extent there are some roguelikes which i th- i may there's two sort of schools of roguelikes. There's the ones where you're unlocking stuff, you're unlocking yeah. better stats, you're unlocking new weapons. And then there's the kind where you start off just at the bottom every time. You're not starting off with an advantage in any runs. And I think I personally gravitate towards the kinds where you don't start off with an advantage. And so they don't have that sense of feeling good. Um, Maybe I, as you make I haven't more played I probably haven't played as many as you. But like I'm thinking of something like Gungeon, where you enter the Gungeon, you always start off at the bottom with the worst possible stuff, but every run unlocks new stuff that can show up in the dungeon, or like uh, yeah. that game you like, the creepy poop one, Binding of Isaac. Like the same kind of thing, where you start off super weak every single time, but as you play more, you unlock more items that might show up. So I don't know. I maybe I know there's like a difference between rogue light and rogue like, and I don't really know what it is. I just I like that sound <laughs> game. Nobody really knows. It's just a conversation on the internet that no, there's people out there right now that are <laughs> screaming about how wrong we are and just you idiots. Yeah, well, wouldn't be the first time. Um, no. <laughs> it wouldn't be an episode of Worth It or Worthless if there probably wasn't somebody screaming in their car. Uh, all right, Jordan, to rein this thing back in, what do you think uh, what do you think the internet? What do you think the eBay? What do you think price charting's got this one at? Um, it's a popular series. Uh, it was re-released though. I don't know if that affects the value if there's like a different price between the JVC and the THQ one, but I'm gonna say thirty-six dollars. Uh where what what territory is that guess for? Um North America. <laughs> uh no. No. Okay. You're, you're you're the pale the pale tax on this one, Jordan. Oh. Thirty eight dollars. Okay. What's it in North America? Uh, North America, thirteen dollars. Oh wow. Okay. So that's not terrible. Like if you were at a yeah. a Goodwill and you saw a nice copy sitting on a shelf for thirteen dollars, like that's not insane. No, I would pay. Two ninety, like I used to find retro games at the local Goodwill, and they were yeah, marked okay. two dollars and ninety two cents. You don't find um, them anymore. Not, those days are long gone. Yeah, now they have the internet, and they figured out that video games have value, and they're like, oh, Ocarina of Time. Like two years ago, I think I walked into a uh, Goodwill, and they had like Ocarina of Time for like forty bucks in the case. I was like, <sighs> they know what I they like. figured it out. 
I know. Uh, ja- Jordan, Japanese version, uh, going for $33. Oh, so, see, uh, okay. I was just in the wrong part of the world with my guess. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, I don't know if it's because Star Wars is so massive in you know the U.S., North America, uh, why it's maybe it was just a lot more common in North America. Um, I mean, I'm guessing, sure. I'm guessing that THQ didn't do the re-releases worldwide, and that could be why ours is about half the price, is because maybe there's twice as many copies floating out there. Yeah. Well, it's like it's a third of the price. Um, well, a third? Okay. But, well, don't make me yeah, math, well, Dan. <laughs> uh, one of the things that was kind of insane, Jordan, Super Return of the Jedi is it apparently insanely the Japanese version is insanely expensive. So I, I think that you are right when you say that the re-releases didn't happen elsewhere, but we didn't fact check that. So, um, Jordan, are you calling it $13? Is that worth it or worthless to you? Um, for me personally, worthless. Um, I, I'm not going to like get on somebody's case. Like there's times when I'm like, you are dumb. Like, uh, we posted something (laughs) on Instagram, Instagram last week, we posted about the clay fighter sculptors cut edition, which is like $800 loose. And we had over a hundred people who answered that poll and said, yes, it's worth it at $800. And for those people, I'm going to say like, now that was a small percentage. It was over a hundred people, but there was like, I don't know, like 800 people who took the poll or something. So... (laughs) Um, I'm going to tell those people like you're insane. That is not worth it. Yeah. When you're talking about $13 for a popular franchise, like I'm not going to get on somebody's case for me personally, worthless. That's a hundred people who can't stomach listening to us talk about retro games. No. Yeah. That, I feel like that's a segment of the, of our Instagram following who probably doesn't tune into the show. Uh, Jordan moving on. Do we have trivia? You got some star Wars trivia for me? Yeah, I got one. I you may Han have seen Solo. this. Han uh, Solo. Yes, that's a. Oh man, we used to play Trivial Pursuit, Star Wars Trivial Pursuit, with some friends, and no joke, like a third of the answers were Han Solo. So that's where Dan's joke comes from. Now you guys are all part of our inside joke. Also, if you ever play Star Wars Trivial Pursuit, just guess Han Solo. All right, um, Dan, I have one. I have one, and you might be stumped because you admitted to not reading the manual. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Which of these items shows up in the manual, but not in the final game? So one of these items is in the manual, but did not make it into the final game. Was it an item that lets you switch characters mid-level, an item that increases the length of Luke's force meter, an item that changes your lightsaber color to make it do more damage, or alternate costumes that can only be unlocked via premium DLC? <laughs> what was the uh what was the second and third options again one of them was it, changing the color for damage and what was the other one uh an item to increase the length of luke's force meter uh, uh i want to say it's the extra damage the yeah luke's damage Oh, no, sorry. It was an item to increase the length of Luke's force meter, which I'm glad they got rid of that because we already said you only have a couple levels to use the force and it's already a super complicated system. They did not need to add anything extra to that system. <sighs> I was I was I was 50 50 on both, but I should have thought about that. Um, I feel like I items, read something. 
I feel like I read something about them like giving you a longer lightsaber. Um, yeah, when that you pick, could just oh, be something oh, oh. I, I made up. I was thinking yeah. of when, when you, you pick, pick up a health sword. Yes, I was about to say we almost went this whole episode without addressing. We did talk about it in Super Star Wars, but the fact that the thing that lengthens your health bar is a lightsaber, and it's called a health sword, not a life saber, but a health sword, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> missed opportunity. Definitely a missed opportunity. Uh, Jordan. Are you ready to move on to our bounty segment? You got anything else before we uh, we keep this train rolling? I think that's going to do it for Super Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. All right. So we have a Pokemon winner of uh, the winner's choice of Pokemon Gold or Silver. Uh, we asked you what your least favorite Pokemon was. And uh, Jordan, we got a lot of a lot of responses to this one. We did. We got a ton of responses. This set a record for the most responses. And that's that's especially interesting because we didn't even have like the bonus entry. Like it was just you send in your answer and that's your one entry. We didn't ask like multiple questions so you could get multiple entries. You can always earn extra entries by participating in our Discord server. But even without those bonus entries, we had uh, a record number of people participating. A lot of you wanted to let us know what your least favorite Pokemon were. Just real quick, I think the winner, just doing a, a rough tally here, was Trubbish, the actual trash Pokemon. Um, <laughs> yeah, somebody said Trubbish, actual trash. Um, the garbage Pokemon Trubbish is the worst. Why a pile of garbage? Why a sentient pile of garbage? WTF. Um, the developer must have been running out of time. They had less than an hour to think of a new Pokemon and they had nothing but garbage. Oh man, people really hated Trubbish and it's really, <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of funny because there were some ones like, I think the, the next most popular one was Pidgey, which I didn't realize that people hated Pidgey. Uh, Pidgey was actually tied with a love disc, which I can totally understand. Oh. Love disc is dumb. It's just uh, a, a heart-shaped Pokemon. The weird thing is it's a heart-shaped fish. There's another heart-shaped fish, and they don't have anything to do with each other. Like, Love Disc does not evolve into Amolala or whatever the heck it's called. <laughs> Somebody wrote a long screed against Love Disc, Love Disc on here. Um, just it's not like apart. Seal and Sfeel, Jordan? <laughs> no just ripping apart the the like the design process of it the only creative thing about the design process of love disc is the angle they drew the heart shape after that they should have just stopped there and started over love disc is objectively the worst design and we should move we should be more accepting of our sentient household item mons they're possessed by ghosts yeah a lot of people uh didn't like like clef key or like the like lamps like stuff that's just like a household item but this person makes a good point that they're yeah. not just household items they're possessed by ghosts and ghosts are cool end of rant that was from eric bridal so we had a lot of people uh submit things but trubbish was definitely the worst which is fitting because our winner of our of our bounty this month picked trubbish which narrows it down to just a few of you and we'll narrow it down even further by telling you guys that the winner was shanks yay congrats shanks yes congrats shanks <laughs> yes you uh, are the winner so we'll be reaching out to you to find out if you want a copy of gold or silver and if you didn't win this month don't worry we have another bounty right now for our may the fourth 
may the force what is it may the force be with you yeah emphasis on may it's may the force be with you oh see we just Uh, yeah i was thinking may the fourth but that was last week yeah no it's may may the may the force be with you jordan and actually this bounty is the the game that we're covering next episode yeah Uh, we're giving we're giving away a copy of battlefront 2 for the original xbox Okay, I'm glad you specified the original Battlefront 2 for the original Xbox. And all you have to do to enter into the drawing, if you want to win that copy of Battlefront 2 for the original Xbox, is send us a direct message on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, where you can find us at WIOW Podcast. And you just send us a direct message and let us know what your favorite Star Wars prequel is and why. <laughs> yeah, let, let us know uh episodes 1 through 3 only. Which is which of those is your favorite movie and why? Wow, see, <laughs> I personally disagree <laughs> because I feel like Solo and um Rogue One are also prequels, but Dan is being very specific. You have to pick which of the three original prequels is your favorite and why. So, um good luck with that. <laughs> Uh, you can also reach out to us uh, of course on discord or via email uh, at worth it or worthless podcast at gmail.com if you want to enter also a note about discord is if you're in there chatting with us and you enter the bounty the normal way by submitting a dm somehow you can earn up to three bonus entries towards that giveaway Uh, another little bit of housekeeping jordan currently playing uh, shadows of the empire uh on twitch.tv slash worth it or worthless uh we're celebrating star wars this month so pretty much every stream is going to be star wars themed i think after i finish that i'm going to be streaming some battlefront 2 and uh we'll see what else we get into so if you're interested in hanging out with uh with me and the community uh we have a lot of fun uh over on twitch so maybe consider uh checking that out yeah, if you really hate your eyeballs and you want to treat them to some N64 dark uh, graphics, then you know, hop on over. You know, the good <laughs> thing about Twitch though is it's even if even if you don't want to watch the gameplay, you can just watch the the lovely community unfolding in the chat. You can actually just zoom in on Dan's thumbnail of his face, and uh, that's a good time too. <laughs> there's lots of things going on. Even if you don't like the game Dan's playing. There's lots of fun to be had. You can win digital burritos and make fun of Emo Fergie. There's lots of good stuff to happen. And we also do trivia. We did some Star Wars trivia yeah. recently. It was okay. Trivia. It starts off way too easy and <laughs> then gets okay. like way too obscure. It was okay. Oh, yeah. I didn't make the tr- I didn't make the quiz, Jordan. Oh, um, okay. So yeah, it's 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 a it's a time. There's a lot. We the Twitches Twitch streams are fun. Come come they hang are. out. Give, us a, good give us a shot. Give us a shot. All right, Jordan, do you have anything else before we uh, close the show out with our music segment? I think that's going to do it for us, but don't forget to tune in in a couple of weeks when we drop the next episode of Star Wars. May the Force be with you. I don't know why I can't <laughs> figure out what our theme is this month, but it's Star Wars. Yeah. All right, uh, Jordan, this week we're heading back to The Legend of Zelda with a lo-fi cover of Fairy Fountain by Mikkel off of one of the best video game cover albums out there, Zelda and Chill. Um, This is so good. This is a good album. You should check it out if you haven't. I hope you guys enjoy, and we will uh, see you in the next one. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. Bye.